Amid all the uh, corona stuff, stuff that's going on, uh, some things could fly under the radar, and this could be one. Um, Senate fails to override Trump veto on Iran war powers. Fox News reporting. Very insulting resolution based on misunderstandings of facts and law, President Trump said last night. Senate failed on Thursday to override President Trump's veto of legislation that would have curbed his ability to unilaterally launch military action against Iran without congressional authorization. The Senate needed two-thirds majority, but it came up short, 49 to 44, meaning Trump's veto stands. Seven GOP senators joined with Democrats. No, I don't want to close all tabs. Um, Trump vetoed war power, the war powers resolution Wednesday, calling the bipartisan measure insulting and argued that it was part of a ploy by Democrats to revive, to divide Republicans and oust him from office in November. Um, there's a clip playing here from Fox News. Uh, we'll have to pause the video. Let's listen to the clip. Uh, a, an anchor podcast exclusive. As soon as I can get the volume up on it. To override the president's veto on the Iran war. Okay, let's go. Fox News alert now, a new action on Capitol Hill as the Senate works to override the president's veto on the Iran War Powers Resolution with a vote set for less than two and a half hours from now, and it will be an uphill battle. Congressional correspondent Chad Pergram is now live on Capitol Hill with all of that. Chad, good morning. Good morning, Sandra. There have been 2,500 vetoes in U.S. history, but only 111 successful veto overrides, and it's very unlikely there will be a 112th today. Uh, this is this Iran war powers resolution designed to handcuff the president about launching hostilities in Iran without congressional approval. You know, they need to get 67, two-thirds to successfully override the president. That's probably not going to happen today. The vote back in early February was 55-45. That means that eight Republicans joined uh, all 47 Democrats. One of them was Republican Mike Lee of Utah. We as a Congress need to reclaim the power to declare war. Over the course of many decades, we've seen Congress essentially forfeiting its authority to declare war and waiting for presidents to act. We believe that it's more appropriate whenever we're going to put U.S. lives on the line. The resolution would have required Congress to approve any U.S. hostilities in Iran. Concern about war with Iran intensified after the U.S. assassination of Qasem Soleimani in the winter. The House synced up with the Senate in March, but President Trump vetoed the measure, saying there was a, quote, 
very insulting resolution based on misunderstandings of fact and law. The Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, supports the veto. We must maintain the measure of deterrence we restored with a decisive strike on Soleimani. That starts today with upholding the President's rightful veto of a misguided war powers resolution. As I said, they need 12 Republicans to get to 67. They're probably not going to get that, including some vulnerable Republicans from swing states like Joni Ernst from Iowa and Cory Gardner from Colorado. You know, there's an inherent tension in the Constitution over who has war powers. Article 1, Section 8 says that it's up to Congress to declare war. And, uh, and uh, Article 2 says the President of the United States, he is the Commander-in-Chief. Sam, back to you. Tad Pergram, I Capitol Hill for us this morning. Tad, thank you. So there you have it. So uh, Mitch McConnell was, whoops, I don't need to hear your next video, Fox News. Mitch McConnell was in favor of the president's veto. Um, and other Republicans and Democrats felt that uh, the Congress needed to, take back the war powers. The Constitution gives the Congress the power to declare war, but it also says that the President is the Commander-in-Chief. Um, this is a way to separate uh, power within the military. So the, the military doesn't work for the Congress. It doesn't work for the president. It works for the people. And, of course, you know, the president uh, used to be... T presidents usually had some military experience. Um, I, you know, I really shouldn't say that because... It, you, for a while, people thought it was. But if you really think Clinton never had experience in the military... Obama sure as hell didn't. Um, Trump went to a military high school. Um, but like George Herbert Walker Bush was in the military. George W. was in the Texas Air National Guard. Reagan was not in the military. I don't believe Carter was in the military. Nixon did something like in the Naval Reserves or something. Um... So, it, yeah, being, never mind. People used to think being a military guy was a prerequisite to being president, but the Constitution, the Founding Fathers didn't want it that way. And of course, our first president, George Washington, was uh, a great military man, great man, even though he owned slaves, which was kind of douchey, but... Um, Okay, let me rephrase that. Owning slaves was very douchebaggy. But, uh, okay, back to this article. The few Republicans who voted for it played right into their own hands. Right into their hands, he said. Contrary to the resolution, the United States, does, States is not engaged in use of force against Iran. This was Trump's seventh veto of his presidency. There have only been 111 successful override veto overrides in history. 
with 93 senators voting Thursday. They needed 62 yeas to become the 112th, but fell short. Among the 49 votes were Lamar Alexander, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, and Mike Lee of Utah, Rand Paul of Kentucky, Todd Young, and Bill Cassidy. Senator Jerry Morin of Kansas joined with the Democrats passing the War Powers Resolution in February. This all goes back to um, when Trump ordered the airstrike in January to uh, kill the Iranian general uh, Kosami Soleimani. Quote, Kasem, Kosem, whatever, Soleimani. I got his last name down. Uh, the head of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the elite Quad forces at Baghdad International Airport. The attack was followed by Iran's own air attack on Iraqi bases housing American troops, uh, which dozens suffered traumatic brain injury. What? That's a new twist on that one. First, there were no injuries. Uh, Trump says the resolution implies the president's constitutional power to use military forces limited to defense of the United States and its force against imminent attack. This That's incorrect. We live in a hostile world of evolving threats and the constitution recognizes that the president must be able to anticipate our adversaries' next moves and take swift and decisive action in response. That's what I did. So, Trump here, you know, he used the airstrike or the drone strike to kill this Soleimani who was in Iraq killing American troops, okay? He was, in, in ways, a terrorist and a Iranian general, both. He, he knew Iran and just about any nation could not stand up to the United States head-to-head -head militarily. So, they used, you know, terror tactics, roadside bombs, um, things of that nature, improvised explosive devices uh, to kill American troops in Iraq. And Iran wants to take Iraq when the United States leaves, you know. So, pretty much, Trump ordered an airstrike on this guy to teach Iran a lesson that he's not to be messed with. Just like the other day, he gave the Navy the powers to blow these little Iranian uh, boats out of the water, where Iran will come up with a boat with, you know, a small boat that can outmaneuver a large Navy vessel uh, and, you know, shoot at American Navy sailors 
shoot at the boat, you know, maybe do uh, some minor damage or in the case of the USS Cole back in the 90s, they could, you know, pack a boat with explosives and blow a hole in the side of the boat and kill a lot of sailors uh, and, you know, the boat has to go off for repairs or could even be sank which was what they had wanted to do, uh, I believe it was off the coast of Yemen in the 90s with the USS Cole, a precursor to 9-11. Um, and so this is what happened. You know, Trump ordered an airstrike to kill this Salmani, and Democrats didn't like it. They got some Republicans on their side who didn't like uh, the president going rogue, so to speak, and taking military action. And, of course, the initial reaction was, uh, oh, gosh, we're, Trump's going to start World War III. Oh, no. And it wasn't that. It was a decapitation strike to take out one of their leaders. And I think that presidents need to be careful in this. Uh, I did not agree with George W. Bush's idea of going into Iraq. But, you know, presidents need some lead way when the, the majority of our fight right now is not a Pearl Harbor World War II scenario. Uh, the majority of our war right now uh, is in the way of terrorism and the United States president needs to have the ability to send you know forces places in the world at a moment's notice uh, even what China is doing in the South Chinese Sea or South China Sea uh, you know the president needs the ability to send you know maybe a strike force or uh, a Navy um, aircraft carrier, pardon me, I lost my train of thought, needs the ability to send, you know, a little little scare, little put a little fear in them every now and again. So that's what all this, you know, comes to. That's what it's boiling down to. So with that, The Senate was not able to override Trump's veto. And like I said, Mitch McConnell was against this veto. So it, it was probably, or was against this act. He was against, he was for the president's veto and against the resolution. So you knew it was going to probably fail the Senate when you needed to get, you know, a super majority in order to override the veto. So there, there goes it. So with that, presidents still have war powers least for now. With that, God bless you. Have a good day, and we will see you the next time.